The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. And holy Maca freaking Roni, this is our 500th show. That's right, not the typical show that we normally do. Randy really whipped up a good one for you. It's pretty funny. It's a show from every December, um, from 2016 all the way <laughs> back to 2005. A great, epic ride through history for me and him, I'm sure. He did a great job. It's pretty cool. I think you're going to dig it. Check it out, man. You have to understand, too. I mean, <laughs> we went through seven freaking coaches in the time that I've been doing this show. North Turner, when we started. <laughs> Art Shell, Tom Cable, Hugh Jack City, Tony Barano, Dennis Allen, and there we have Jack Del Rio. A rundown of people who've tried to right the ship, yet did not. It's pretty funny. We hope you enjoy it, man. We love it. We love the Raider Nation. Let's hear it. 2016. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. I am your host, Raider Greg, and the Raiders went down hard in Kansas City. Well, not really. We should have won this doggone game, and I'm going to tell you why on this show. Show 479. Yeah, you know, we, we have a lot of positives this year. I mean, if any one of us would have looked at each other and said, we're going to win 10 games. There were some people saying that at the beginning of the year. I said, no way. We start this year the way we started. I said seven, six maybe. And look where we are. We're on our way to a playoff berth, whether it be a wild card or divisional. We got it. It's all in our hands. We have control. We don't have to wait for someone else to do something crazy. On a somber note, I have to say this because uh, it's really touched Randy and I. Dave McCall, the founder of The Raider Cast, him and a guy named Poindexter who started the show back in 05, 2005, just month, I think a month before we started our show. I didn't even realize they had a show, but it didn't matter to me because I was just going to do my thing and see how long it went. Uh, Dave McCall, a class act, had great shows, had a lot of fun. We had a lot of times together, a lot of times apart. It was kind of a competition of sorts, but a good, healthy competition because this is also Raider fans giving Raider fans news. That is a great place to come from because we don't come from a place of hate, as you know for sure, uh, by listening to my show and to their show as well. My heart really goes out to Dave McCall and his family. Great guy, class act, a soft-spoken dude, uh, all the way. Now, nothing but respect, mad respect for Raider Dave McCall. Rest in peace, my brother. May God rest on your soul. May he support your family and lift them up in this time of pain. All right, with that said, let's get into this Chiefs game. 
because the condiments had no business winning this game. Now, in a game that you expect to win, because I did, the Raiders lost 21-13 with, count them, three turnovers from the Chiefs. Here, take three chances to score one of the most prolific offenses in the NFL and beat us. And we could not capitalize on those three turnovers. Our defense did their job. Some would argue that, but not me, because I know they stood up there. There were three and out after three and out after three and out. Heck, we had more first downs than the other team. We had time of possession was equal. Three turnovers with our offense should have meant that we win the game. Derek Carr was the worst I've seen him yet, period. He threw terrible passes all over the field, behind, high, low, I don't know where this kid was, but he wasn't there at the game. But Latavius Murray in the running game put up 135 yards. Why did we not run the ball more? It's Musgrave. Yeah, he's getting a lot of kudos for the game he wins, but this is a winnable contest that this hammerhead should have had well in hand after the half. The fact that we continued to pass the ball... And incidentally, on third and one, when we've been running the ball 4.4 yards average per carry, he throws two passes that we have not been making all game long. That is crappy coaching. Look, every football pundit will ever tell you that when it comes to playoff football, if you're able to run the ball in November, December, you can have success. That's why they want balance. That's why you don't you get too happy with these pass-happy offenses. Um, I remember Peyton Manning didn't always have great games in Denver when it was really cold or outside of it. So it, it, it puts a lot of pressure on the quarterback. And this is just one of those days where Derek Carr didn't complete a lot of his passes, had a number of drops, uh, but the collective effort wasn't there in the passing game, and, and the Raiders came up short. Yeah, Link, I, I agree with you, and I thought Latavius could have been used more. I thought he ran as hard as I've ever seen the guy ran, had ran behind his pads, moving the pal. This game hangs right on Musgrave's ass. And I'm telling you right now, the defense did exactly what they're supposed to do. Special teams did their job, except for the one time that they kicked the ball to Hill. This guy's a speedster. They knew it. And, of course, he burned them. This was a totally winnable game. The offense was missing because the play calling was missing. Carr went for 109 yards. 109 yards! Yeah, you know, it was one of those days, man. You know, we went out there and it was just flat. For whatever reason, we were doing things that uh, we don't normally do. It sucks that it had to be that day. You know, you you always wish that it could be another day, you know, probably earlier in the season. But, you know, some days you're going to have one. You know, it's okay to have a day like that, you know, every now and then. It, it just reminds us that we're all human. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you know, we need to bounce back, and I know that we will. Andy Reid didn't try any real trickster moves, which I thought he was going to do. He's pretty conservative in this play. But we hurried Alex Smith. The defense did their job. 
they are moving Mac around more. Yeah. And they're coaching him up to not just sack the quarterback, sack the football. Yeah. Go get the ball. The strip he had on all Alex Smith, that's what we're talking about. Right. And his his swipe and stab move where he just lifts you up with one hand <laughs> and the the other hand comes around to get the ball. That so he is really starting to come through as a premier edge rusher. Irvin is Irvin. And but if you could ever move him inside, have Alden outside with Khalil. And what I would love about it was you can move Khalil around, have him stand up and walk around, have him line up right over the head of the center. Dear God, they 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 crapped their <laughs> pants before they snapped the ball. It was the offense that was fully inept and unable to move the ball. The million times they've had an opportunity to make a score or make a first down, I just don't get it. Why are we so pass-happy? We have got to be more flexible. If we're going to playoffs, there's a prime example of how to lose a playoff game because this was a playoff game, and we lost it. We lost it because we were too conservative, and we wanted to play on our strengths in the past. A good coach uses all the weapons that he has at his disposal, not just the ones he likes because they're shiny and bright and pretty and people like them. The running game is not exciting. The running game is boring at some points, but the running game would have won this game for the Oakland Raiders. I have absolutely no doubt about it. The coaching blew this. Del Rio pretty much said it. We got Jack Del Rio here on 95-7 the game. I know that you know you drive yourself crazy if you play the what we should have done game on a Monday after you play, but with the passing game, as as hampered as it was for whatever reason, the pinky, the conditions, the whatever. Are you are you upset that you didn't commit more to the run? Might that have happened if KO had been playing? The looking back, you know, the hindsight is twenty twenty, and as a staff, we do we we, we are a little, um, I would say, disappointed in ourselves for not getting more big ball big boy ball going. You know, get get the. You know, get in there and grind it out a little bit more. Yeah, weather game, uh, you know, quarterback wasn't red hot, obviously. Um, you know, the run game was going pretty good. You know, I'm really looking back, we'd like to have fed it more, including that third and one uh, late in the game. And um, But you don't get those do-overs, you know. You don't get those. And um, But, but yeah, I'm not, not afraid to sit here and say, yeah. Um, you know, we look back, we say, doggone it. We, you know, we probably should have got that going more. I'm telling you, and that is the honest – evaluation and the fact that you share that with us is why we appreciate you appearing with us coach a lot of guys would swallow that thought thank you for being open and honest i can't even believe that we lost this game with three turnovers that's a win for the oakland raiders we could not get out of our way to move the football because we did not get in the way of the kansas city chiefs with the running game we could have run this down their throat, and then the short passes would have opened up a lot more. Bad coaching is the exact – I'm not going to call it just that. Bad coaching on the offense was the exact loss of this contest. That is all I can say about that. Musgrave blows. I know he's had some good games. I know that people are going to get on my rear end because I'm always calling for people to get fired. But Musgrave, they got to find someone who knows how to run an offense or the coach better step in and say, no, 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 that's not what we're going to do here. We have to run it more. I don't know what has to happen. 
But somebody has to check this guy and check him hard through the game because this game was our win, a game to win, and we let them have it, putting us now in the fifth spot in the playoff chase. Instead of being number one or number two, we're now number five. So we're going to have to play these Chiefs again, and I know without any doubt we could beat them. We beat them this day. We just didn't come out with the points, but let me tell you, we beat the Chiefs. They are lucky to get out of this game with the W. They know it, and we know it. So the next time we see these punks, we're going to put it to them. That is a fact. I guarantee it. And that is all I have to say about that. And our next caller is the Pennsylvania Raider. He's in the house. You know I love you, bro. What's up? Hey, what's up, Nation? This is Pennsylvania Raider. Well, I don't have to tell you uh, about the game. You all see it. Uh, I was at uh, one of the local bars out here with uh, a boy, Raider Chris. He was all upset, pissed off, you know, throwing a tantrum, which, I mean, understandable, probably 98% of the Raider fans were. But I'm going to throw a little positive spin on this because I think we could all use some uh, positivity after that game. And you got to look at it like this. If we had scored touchdowns instead of field goals on those turnovers, we win the game. If we were fully staffed on defense, we would have won the game. I mean, we only lost by eight. Yeah, we lost. We got swept. We're no longer one in the AFC West. But, Nation, don't worry, because we're going to get these in the playoffs. So don't worry about it. So the media is going to be all the Chiefs who are a much superior team. The Raiders were pretenders. Andy Reid, Alex Smith, and the Chiefs, and Stephen A. Smith, all the Chiefs are the best in the West now, and blah, 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 blah. So you know what? Let them have their little moment. Let them have this next uh, four weeks. Let them have this month where people think, oh, the Chiefs are the team to beat. Chiefs and the Patriots are the team to beat. Because you know what, Nation? When we beat them in the playoffs, and we will beat them in the playoffs because the Raiders are going to be pissed after this game, after they see how easily it was to win. So don't worry about it, Nation. We're going to be fine. We are going to be fine. This is Pennsylvania Raider. I'm out. 2015. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. I'm your host, Raider Greg. And yes, the Raiders come out victorious in Bronco Hotel. Most painful game I have ever had to watch. <laughs> ever. That and more here on show 454. You know, this should have the lead-in music to the Twilight Zone because this game against the Broncos in Denver was everything that the Twilight Zone <laughs> stands for. Five sacks in the second half for Mac. Raiders dropped the Broncos 15-12. to After the game, Jack Del Rio talked about his incredible performance. Uh, he was... Uh... It was unbelievable. He's uh, he's just getting better and better. He's a great young man. I didn't realize he actually had five sacks on the day. I knew he was 
awesome. I knew he made a big play for the safety, uh, and I knew he'd been back there, I, I thought, three, maybe four, but I didn't realize it was five. So really, tremendous effort by Khalil. Third down and five, Denver four for ten on third down of the first half, four-man pressure. Osweiler gets sacked, back onside the 14-yard line. The whole pocket collapsed, Benson Mayoa was there, Khalil Mack was third there. Third down nine. Now from the gun, Osweiler in his end zone. Khalil Mack almost got him, he fumbled the ball, Khalil's free in the end zone. It's either going to be a safety, safety. or a touchdown, safety. the Broncos recover it, and they do get the safety. The Raiders get the safety. Osweiler straight drop, time, Cox sacked from behind by Khalil Mack, he got another his third of the game, his 12th of the year. Second down, six, Osweiler back. He gets sacked. No, he got out of it. No, he goes down. For a moment, he got out of it, but eventually they got him around the ankles. back again. And they dropped him. Look at what he did to Ryan Harris. He pushed him back like a a blocking sled. Unbelievable. Second and four, Denver, on their 29-yard line. 156 to play. Here comes Mack, and he's going to get him again. He got Osweiler for his fifth sack of the game. He is killing Michael Schofield. Ran right around him and sacked him to tie a Raiders single-game record with the Hall of Famer, Howie Long. I Raiders, 15 unanswered points to come back and beat the Broncos, snapping an eight-game slide to Denver, 15-12, to and Khalil Mack, five sacks in that second half, which ties a team record set by Howie Long. And our next caller, Raider Chris from Scranton, PA. What's happening, man? I know you're happier now. Raider Nation, Raider Randy, Raider Greg, Raider Chris from Scranton, PA. Got to tell you, a boy did work. That's why he was the best player coming out in the draft two years ago, because that boy can ball. Man, they couldn't stop an NFL good. I don't care who was that quarterback. Nobody was stopping him. It's like he said, he wanted to win that game for our head coach, and we did just that. Ugly as hell in the first half. Don't even want to discuss it. Let's get over that because it's a four-quarter game, and it's about damn time we finished a four-quarter game. Man, that, that felt good to win. I was at work yesterday, and this couple was wearing this Bronco shit coming in, and I don't give a damn. I walked past them with my Raider hat. I don't know these people, and I said, made a nation. I would have said bitch, but they probably would have reported me because we're just that awesome. But, uh, yeah, big win, good win. Don't like the offensive play calling so much great still. I still think he's got to go. Raider Nation, I'm out like that, South Carolina Dodge. 2014. The autumn wind is a pirate. to the Raider Nation podcast. I am your host, Raider Greg, and the Battle of the Bay is done. And so is the season for the Niners. <laughs> it's over, folks. I love it. That and more here on show 426. Yesterday, December 7th, 2014, a date which will live in infamy. The Oakland Raiders surprise attacked the San Francisco 49ers. 
and kick their ass. <laughs> I love it. Let's talk about it, shall we? The autumn wind is a raider, raider, raider. Intercepted by Brandon Ross. He overthrew Crabtree, and Brandon Ross on the first play of the game intercepts Kaepernick in midfield. Kaepernick back, pressure to Leo Mack. Lolly sacked him. Kaepernick went down, he lost his footing. And that'll be the second NFL sack for Khalil Mack. I'm really happy for our fans, really happy for our owner, mostly happy for the kids in that room. The Battle of the Bay was a fabulous day. And I don't just mean that because we beat their ass. I mean that because it was a beautiful day. The tailgate was packed. The Raider Nation was jacked. And the 49ers, they expected a win. They were almost smug in their, their, their anticipation of annihilation of the Raider Nation. Alas, to their massive disappointment, and I do mean massive because the frickin' red was everywhere. More color than I have ever seen at the Coliseum, ever. Those fans tried to make some noise a few times during this contest, but had no hope. The majority of 49er fans sit on there as as their team got whooped up by the Raiders just a week before. The Raiders looked like the most horrifically jacked-up organization in football. Then they come out when a contest counts, and for their coach, might I say, who, who brought them to this place, I don't know. Carr, 22 of 28, three TDs. 140.2 passer rating. Need I say more? 24-13, the final. The Raiders uh, get the win in the Battle of the Bay. And I think the most impressive thing to me was uh, just the uh, development and the uh, performance of uh, Derek Carr. He looked great. He had three touchdowns, over 250 yards passing. He looked comfortable. He was making plays with his legs. He was standing in the pocket. The offensive line finally gave him time to be able to look over the defense, and we saw him attacking down the field, and that included two back-to-back 80-yard drives in the second half to seal the game. He's got poise, but more importantly, he bounced back after playing arguably his worst game in that 52 nothing loss to the Rams. He bounced back and played his best game against his uh, cross-bay rival, the Niners. It was impressive. The Raiders had themselves a quarterback. When I look at him, his charisma, the way he leads off the field, I've seen him in the locker room taking responsibility for the mistakes that he's made, and we saw it on the field yesterday. He was getting the ball downfield. He was patient. He bought time when he had to, and he did a great job of leading the offense and didn't turn it over. The offensive line should get a game ball because they were absolutely freaking amazing. And all this comes down to this, Raider Nation. We have a football team, I believe. If these guys can come together and play this kind of tenacity football and listen to this, the best freaking part of it all, they played it like Raiders. See how Moore was right up in Kaepernick's grill telling him he was a punk-ass biatch. It was just a sweet, sweet victory Ever so sweet. Thank you, Raiders. 
Thank you, coach. All right, listen up. Hey, fellas, okay? I don't know how to explain this to you, all right? But it's what I've been telling you guys all along, okay? There's no, no, no let up in this group, no, sir. okay? No, sir. Listen, we decide when it's over, okay? We decide when it's over. Nobody else decides when it's over. We decide when it's over. I'm really proud of you, okay? Really proud of you. And you should enjoy this thing, okay? You really should enjoy this thing. Remember, this is a crazy game, man, all right? Last week you were one place. This week it's totally different. I told you last night, okay? All the people, all right, that this thing is for, I get it, okay? I get it. And they got it right now, all right? But this is for you, okay? This is for you. See you Wednesday. I want you to have a great time. And our next caller, a very passionate and decisive fan, no doubt. This is O.C. Rita from Behind the Orange Curtain. And if you don't know what I mean, well, <laughs> you've never been there. What's up, brother? O.C. Raider here, man. Nice win, guys. You know, I don't know why you guys can't show up and do this every week. Who knows, man? I don't play pro football, and either one of us, so uh, we just can only speculate. But um, um, I like the car and Rivera thing, man. I'm telling you, man, that's starting to come around really good. Like Rivera's starting to come into be a really nice tight end. I'm glad to see that. Still needs a few more weapons, but um, nice win today. Um, I don't know if you guys caught this the way – Harbaugh went out of his way to say hello to Mark Mark Davis. Pat him on the back and was chopping it up with him. Dude, I, guys, I think today was a dress rehearsal that Harbaugh needed to see that you need to come on over, my man, to the dark side. You got a quarterback over here, and it made that other punk look like a fool, man. Like if Derek Carr put on the clinic. He's played well all year, man. He's had his ups and downs. We had a shitty-ass game last week, and Carr played well today. He was poor. Boys, pride, hey, man, he was Raider-esque, man. That's all I can say. Um, I'm glad to see Jones, Drew, and McFadden sit their asses on the, on the bench, man, because they're, they're done, man. I'm sorry. Um, we still may, uh, you know, Beast Mode comes on the market next year, man. We might want to try to take a run at him, but if we get Harbaugh, Curry, and that Rivera thing, and maybe my man from Alabama, God damn, what's his name? Amari Cooper. Holy shit. But anyways, man, nice win, guys. Peace out, man. Have a good evening. 2013. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. I am your host, Raider Greg. Welcome to the show. And yes, the Jets. The lowly, dysfunctional Jets. Brother. We're going to talk about that and more here on show. 396. Before I start the show, Charles Woodson has expressed interest in coming back to Oakland. I think it would be a great idea. Hell, the man's earned it. That's for sure. Think about this season for Charles. It's been epic for me to see him come back. I'm glad he's here, and I'd like to see him stay another year. 
because he wants to be here too. I think he sees something special. It's that time. It's time for the post game for the Jets. Brother, I can't believe this game. Start spreading the news. Let me just start off by saying I was sure. I mean, literally in my gut that we would beat the Jets. I mean, (laughs) they're a mess. I guess not. Evidently, we're a mess because, well, in a very familiar turn of a season, far too many for sure, the Oakland Raiders defense laid down and, well, gave it up. And by the time the offense was able to catch up, they couldn't quite catch up. And, well, it was amazing. Uh, McGloin played well. Marcel Reese gets the game ball for me. How are you today, Marcel? I'm, I'm doing well. I'll tell your wife I said thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Now, I know we know that um, you're uh, you know, a great competitor and there's nothing good to be taken out of a loss. But that said, how gratifying was it for you to carry the, uh, the uh, offensive load in terms of uh, running the ball yesterday and doing as well as you did? Uh, to be honest with you, with, with the outcome, the way it came out, the only gratifying thing is that that my team had trust in me. That um, you know, there's no need to bring anyone else in. That that we have everyone here that we need, and they had the confidence in me to be able to go and carry the load at a, at, at the running back position, um, and and not expect any any drop off. That's the only gratifying thing, you know. Obviously, uh, the most important thing that we want and we need. It is the win, and we didn't get that last night. There were some great plays in this game. Uh, Let me tell you. But (laughs) we let this team – now, let me put it into perspective, and and I'm not even going to do it because I'm going to let Sean of the Raider take an excellent blog. I've said it before. You guys got to check him out. This is what he says about this game, and I think it is very much apropos. A headline after the game versus the Jets would be Geno Smith ends streak of five games without a frickin' touchdown pass. Just in time for Christmas, our defense has regressed to become the gift that keeps on giving. Smith's passer rating over the preceding three games were 10 22 And eight. When he played the Raiders, it was a rating of 88. (laughs) Prior to today's game, Geno Smith was a punchline. Today, he is a storyline. Charles Woodson called today's defense (laughs) inexcusable. The Jets game was a horrible, (laughs) it was a horrible thing to see, man. Making a guy like Geno Smith look like Kaepernick. Come on, man. I know that this is like the coaching experiment. I know this season is not supposed to be all that. We're supposed to be going through these big deconstructions, reconstructions. I'm going to get into that in a little while. But come on, man. As far as I see, and I I think I see football. I, I could be wrong. 
but I think this team has the players and the talent to win this game. This is a winnable game. We should have beat their ass right there in New York. I have no doubt about it. We have the talent, and I'm not sure if we have the coaching or not. But I know we got the talent. You can see it. I mean, there are moments when it's crazy brilliant. There are games that are insane. They're so good. And then we do this with the Jets. Make Rex Ryan go from a nervous Nelly like my last show. Now he sounds like he sounds like he's just been elected president of the United States. All cocky and proud, and yeah, I'm proud of my guys. I'm proud of they suck. The Jets suck, and we lost. And that is all I'm gonna say about that. I don't know who this next caller is, but he is a funny motherfucker. You got to listen to it because it is it is so, so fucking classic. Listen to this guy. Uh, hey, guys. Um, so uh, injuries for today. Uh, we got Branch uh, has an ankle. Um, McFadden, ankle. Uh, Jennings, uh uh, he's probable. Um, well, you know, just got to say right up front that, uh, you know, the boys played hard. They played real hard today. And, uh, you know, this post-game, this post-game conference is just a little bit different than the rest because, you know, we haven't seen anything like this all year. You know, the, the Jets weren't who we thought they were. Okay, guys. And at the end of the day, you know, we're just going to put this under the under the mat. We got the Chiefs coming up, okay? We're not even worried about this game. Chiefs are right around the corner. And me being your head coach, Coach Dennis Allen here, right behind the podium, I know that we are progressing, you know. We're going down some work. We're going to put Pryor in. Pryor is not working. Or maybe, hey, maybe even Pryor... You know, he maybe he'll lead a scoring drive. But, you know, McGlone's our quarterback now. So, but then maybe we'll try prior for another scoring drive. And then maybe we'll just bring McGlone back in. And then maybe McGlone can bitch about being called. And maybe prior will come back again, you know. At the end of the day, those are the choices I have to make. And when you ask me questions at the post-game conference, those are the questions I will avoid, okay? Being a coach in the NFL, it ain't easy, okay, guys? I need five years to turn this thing around. And I know, Raider Nation, I know it might sound dark and depressing. I know you've had a decade since Chucky left. But at the end of the day, I'm Coach Allen, and I know what's best for each and every one of you. Whether you've got skulls on your faces, and whether you're clacking bones up in the upper levels because you can't afford to get down to the lower levels, you can't sit your ass in that seat. Whatever it is, Raider Nation, Coach Allen has your best interest. And at the end of the motherfucking day, I just don't know what to say anymore. Go Raiders. This is Coach Allen signing out. Thanks, guys. At the end of the motherfucking day is the best. Ha, 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 ha.
2012. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. And all I can say is, ho, ho, ho. We got rolled by the ho, ho, hoes. We're going to hit on that and more, of course, here on show 363. And so I'm offering the sample phrase. First, Red Nation, let me just say a happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Feliz Navidad, Happy Kwanzaa, and anything else that I miss. Whatever. Happy seasons, wonderfulness to all the Raider Nation from the Raider Nation podcast. You guys know, just people. And, uh, well, uh, we love our people, our nation. Uh, Randy and I uh, definitely send out the season's best to the Raider Nation. Okay, well, since I've got the floor, I got to rant. It's time to rant. I'm ranting. Rolando McClown, please, do we need to hear any more about this disruptive individual in our team? Is this the news? Is this what we should be talking about when we have a team that's 3-10? and 10? Is Rolando McClain really the important issue of the day, whether he's going to return kicks, whether he's going to whatever he's going to do, he's not going to play first string. But this is where we are. We're at the drama. Here's the drama of the season. What a bunch of bullshit. He's our Raider insider. Vic Tafer joins us here. Buker and Townie. Vic, so what is, what, what is going on with Coach Allen, Rolando McClain, and the relationship between the two and McClain's future there with the Raiders? And it's the holiday season. It's uh, time to be charitable and bring back your fellow man and celebrate all goodwill. <laughs> so we're all holding hands and singing Kumbaya in Alameda? No, not quite. Uh, you know what? I was surprised he was back. I thought they were going to cut him. But I think um, really it's just kind of a case of um, they kind of think that if they cut him, they kind of are giving him what he wants. He wants to go somewhere else and play, quote-unquote, for a real team. So this way they, they bench him. They uh, make him play special teams, and he doesn't get what he wants. So you believe that this is actually a way to punish him as opposed to they had a meeting of the minds and uh, and, and they're they're trying to make something work? Yeah, I don't think – I mean, obviously anything's possible in the long run. Obviously, um, you know, the off season, if you were somehow to um, have a change of heart and uh, develop a new personality, maybe it might work, but they go to a 3-4. But as of right now, I don't think he's going to play very much at all. I think it's just kind of a way to uh, – Keep him around and let him uh, know that he can't get his way. I don't think he's really going to be in their plans uh, going forward. I mean, I don't give a shit. Whether McLean stays on the field, he goes to the porta potty, matters not to me. What matters to me is who we get in the draft and where we're going to get rid of some of these coaches that are jacking up this freaking team. That is all I have to say about that on this. Hey, one more thing. One more thing. <laughs> Dennis Allen talking about they have this counselor in the building for the team that has to come that has issues. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Who was the counselor 
for Alzado. Could someone tell me? How about uh let's see how about Romanowski? Yeah, he did he where was the council Romo? Would you like to talk? <laughs> I don't know about this coach. And next, my very good brother, man, <laughs> from the Midwest, Raider Maniac. Hey, Raider Greg, this is Raider Maniac. We had a great time out there the past two games. It was nice to see Juan and Raider Mike and yourself and Randy. It was nice to meet Colorado Chris. As far as the game last night, Thursday, defense played decent considering they're on the field a long time. Carson Palmer stayed true to form through that back-breaking interception as usual. I'm looking forward to the offseason where we can really get out there and make some moves and bring in some quality players, maybe change a coach here or there. The main thing is we need to start getting players that know what it means to be a Raider. I don't think we have too many of them players on this roster right now. It really means something to be a Raider, and these people got to know that. You got to go out there and play hard nosed, tough, smart, physical football. We don't have that right now. I know we'll get back there. It's just going to take a little time. And as far as looking to the future again, it's time to take a look at Terrell Pryor. I don't give a fuck. You know, we ain't got nothing to gain right now. Whether we win another game, it don't even fucking matter. We need to start looking at the future of the Raiders. I know, I know, I know. People don't think he's the future of the Raiders. But we're never going to know that until we take a look. See ya. It was great to see you too, my brother. And, uh, you know, your smiling face, you know, you're always bringing it. And, uh, well, as far as Terrell Pryor goes, I think they're going to play him. And I think we're all going to see what we have. But I don't want to hear any buzz shit about he needs this or just a little bit of that. If he can't just come in and make an impact, then I don't want him to be our quarterback. Because that's the kind of quarterback you have to have in this league. And you got to have him right now. He's been here long enough to make an impact. So let's see it. That's all I got to say. Love seeing you guys, man. We'll see you again next year, hopefully. 2011. The autumn wind is a pirate. Thrill is gone. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation the podcast. And I am your pissed off host, Raider Greg. And yes, this is going to be one hell of a rant. And I'm going to definitely use some explicit language. So turn it down, hide the children, you know what you gotta do, cause Raider Greg is going off on this show, 328. And you'll be sorry 
Post-game, there ain't no pre-game in this show. The one thing that'll be consistent in this show is the bone line, which I know and I feel you all out there. I know the feeling of the Raider Nation. We're going to let you guys let it on out because you have to do it because I'm doing it right here on this show. I just want to talk about our team. Our team in the last two contests have shown not just deficiencies, which is light to say the least. We blow ass. We have sucked the back teat of the NFL for two solid games. And let me tell you, folks, all you playoff hopefuls out there, that's some bullshit. Let me remind all of you, no team that takes a shit on the field like we did in the last two games goes to the playoffs and does shit, folks. The Oakland Raiders stink. They stunk it up at home like we knew they would. And actually, I was very surprised we didn't get blown out, literally. I sincerely feel that John Fox felt bad for Allen losing his dad and didn't roll us up like he could have. Because at, at will, they moved the ball. They could have got it in the end zone. They settled for a bunch of field goals. And our defense, once again, is missing. The offense is missing. Special teams is missing. The team is missing. And this game was no surprise. The great thing about this game, let me tell you again, was the tailgate. With Colorado Chris and Juan, Caesar, uh, list goes on. Randy, of course, my good brother, Raider Ron, Raider Stan, Raider Bob, Kingsford Kirk crew. I mean, the list goes on and on, and all the Raider Nation that showed up there from all over, Raider Kayla from Hawaii and his lovely wife, I mean, that was the fun part. That was the greatest part about this game. They also had the Hall of Famers at halftime. That was a tremendous thing. Howie Long, Madden, I mean, all the greats were there. A couple were missing, but really, it was really cool to see Al Davis's wife go and light the flame. Great feeling. It's too bad the team couldn't raise the occasion. We know what? We lost this team a long time ago. Doing these pre- and post-games at this time of the year with this organization and the way the team is, you know, I just got to grab for anything I can. But, hey, man, it's bleak for the silver and black right now. You must look ahead for the future. And so Peyton Manning looks dangerous. I hope he doesn't last too long in the league because this could be a big problem for us for a few years. Uh, we got to get better, and we got to get better fast. And that is all I have to say about that. Bad of the bone. Bad of the bone. Oh, this is C-Money. I'm watching this game right now, Raider Greg and Randy. And I got to tell you, man, I called it. It's going to be a fucking ass-whipping and a half. I knew it. Yo, we got to get rid of the fucking coach. All the coaches, get rid of Hugh Jackson. He sucks. He can't fucking play call for shit. I thought this guy was about something. He's garbage. Got to get rid of him. He sucks. Bresnahan's a fucking joke. Get rid of his ass. Get rid of the OC. He sucks. 
Carson Palmer's fucking garbage. I said it from day one. That was the worst fucking trade we ever did that I can remember up to date. That was the worst trade we ever made. Cost us a one and a two. What a fucking joke. Our season's over. We can forget it. Whether Denver beats Chicago or not, our season is over. Make it short and sweet. This is C-Money. And you guys have been boned. 2010. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. And I am your host, Raider Craig. Welcome to our show, man. It was so damn close. So close, but no cigar for the Raiders. Damn. That's what I got to say about that. I'll say that and more here on show 297. On today's show, we're going to have the post game for the Jags. Yeah, we got jagged, all right. <laughs> you know that. And the first story of the day, the path to the playoffs for the Oakland Raiders. Got a little tricky and it got a little bit difficult, but we still have some hope. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about it. Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? Well, I'm going to plagiarize Randy's take on our forum, of course. That's at www.raidernationpodcast.com. Check out the webpage. It is tremendous. Uh, Randy has it set out here for us. And here's what it's going to take for us to make it to the playoffs. Playoffs? Okay, so the Chiefs, they have to lose at least two of the remaining three games. And the Chargers have to lose at least one more game. Now, the Chargers don't have a tough schedule. The Chiefs have a little bit tougher schedule. But we have to hope that the 49ers beat the Chargers on Thursday. Okay? And if that's the case, then we have to beat the Chiefs on our last game of the season, and we also have to win out completely. Now, there's another scenario here. The Chiefs have to lose all three games. The Chargers will have to lose two out of three if we win. A, if we lose another another game. What it boils down to here, folks, is we got a chance. We got a chance still, and that starts with our game on Sunday against the Broncos. But we have to win all three games and hope the Chiefs drop at least one, which would be the one we play them. So if we're winning, we got to win that last game anyway. That counts. San Diego has to lose one more game out of their last three. That is a total possibility with the teams they play, especially that the Niners could beat them. But I just want to say that this part of the year, we have not been talking playoffs for a very, very long time. And just the fact that we're even talking about it is a testament to this team this year. I mean, we're not, you know, blowing people out. Of course, we are blowing people out like the hose. But we're just not consistent. And that's, I think, what we're looking for is some consistent play and some consistent freaking wins. And that is all I have to say about that. The Raiders were jagged off in Jacksonville. You may be fighting a losing battle, but you have so much fun 
Well, Raider Nation, a tremendously hard loss for the Raider Nation and for the Raiders themselves. The guys played their ass off. The offense scoring 31 points, losing 38 to 31, was brutal to watch because it seemed like we had the game at hand. Halftime were 14 points uh, to seven. We had the lead going in. We had the momentum, and what killed us right off the bat, and I saw it, and I'm sure you did too, I have to call out the special teams, and come on, man. Jan Okowski, I'm going to have to call him what I see him. He's Jan Shankowski, man. The guy could not kick the ball with or without the wind. The guy kept kicking the ball to 20-yard line. That's what happened the last kickoff of the game I mean the guy ran the ball 63 yards but Jano must have given him 20 I mean and and Leckler our pro bowl punter was a, a dud man the guy couldn't kick a ball to spare his life in one of the most critical games that we had this season the one we had to have mind you we should have won at the 49ers and we should have won of course, at Arizona, which was another travesty. And we should have beat the Finns. Three games that were gimmies we did not prepare for. Coaching, I'm going to blame all those games on coaching because all of them were. It was bullshit. We were run on all day long because they were a day late and a dollar freaking short. And they didn't tackle. Our defense, I mean, our offense was tremendous, man. McFadden, Bush, Jason Campbell deserves the game ball, man. The guy managed the game very, very well. Good passes. But come on, man. One of the coaching decisions, I believe it was fourth and two or fourth and three. You have one of the most prolific running backs in the game. Okay? You've got two. You could do Bush for a three-yard run, almost guaranteed. But McFadden was carving him to death all day, and you give the ball to Jacoby Ford to take the edge on a reverse or some horseshit play like that on fourth and three? We could have got the three points. It was field goal range. I do not get those kind of shitty calls from any coach. Poor execution. Just a poor play at that moment of the game. And at the end of the game, my gosh, I have complained about this for years. Is there no hurry-up offense? I mean, I w- the last play, bef- the play before the very last play, which was lame too, why do you throw the ball to the 22-yard line when you have to get a touchdown? You have two seconds left. That was lame. Why even do it? Why just pack your shit and go home? What a joke. The play before that, they wasted like 11 seconds jacking around, walking to the line. We had no more timeouts. We had two minutes and 20 seconds in the game, and we were tied. We were going to go to overtime. I was sure of it. I was sure of it. As as sure as I was that we were going to win, and they let the guy run the ball back to 63 yards, man, to the 30-yard line. And then 
the ball right right into the right into the end zone. Thirty yard run. Next play. Next. One timeout left. We fiddle farted around down the field. Couldn't make it happen. A heart wrenching loss. You could tell the team was absolutely deflated. This game, if we continue to play offense like this, we'll do all right. I don't think John Marshall's up to this, the, the task here with this defense. He's got a fantastic defense. The defense played good at times. You know, they, they played good at times. But I do think the defensive play calling was weak in that third and fourth quarter, man. Whatever they did to change up their offense, we did not answer on the coaching side on the defense. I'm sure of it because it was blatantly freaking obvious. They found our weak point, and they exploited it, and that was it. Hats off to the O. Uh, We needed this game to go to the playoffs big time. Puts us in a rut, but we're not out. But we may be down, but we got to play. We got to play this week. And, uh, well, (laughs) I could go on, but I don't think I will because it was painful enough. You guys know. I will say one thing. It was an exciting game. It was a fun game to watch. The offense was crazy fun. It's great to see our team making progress. Uh, I know it was a, a heartbreaker at the end, but you know it was a fun game to watch. As far as the as far as the games of that weekend, it was the best game. It was the best game by far. I'm sure we would have won some kind of best game award if we had any kind of uh, freaking credit. And on the last note, before I end this segment. I got to say this and cover the kitty's ears because it's very important right now. Fuck those two fucking asshole commentators in this game. I don't even know what their names were. I know who they are, but I'll tell you one thing right now. If they could suck the ass out of a cat, they sure did suck the ass out of that Jaguar. I mean, they were pathetic and one-sided it was a big joke about the Raiders all the way through the game. All the way, every penalty they questioned if it was against the Jaguars, and they were absolutely positive the filthy ass cheating Raiders were guilty every time, no matter what. And their coach, Jack Del Rio, was pissing and moaning after the game about how the Raiders, they were mean and they were they were pushing our guys around and they were too rough like thugs. You're fucking soft, punk. And you know what, Del Rio? I had respect for you till you went crying to mommy after this game. That's some bullshit. And as a matter of fact, all I got to say is, CBS, you suck ass. And that is all I have to say about that. Bad to the bone. Bad to the bone. This is another guy that I just love. You know why I love this guy? Because you can feel that he really, I mean, he really means uh, about the pain. I mean, he he describes it perfectly for me. (laughs) I think that's why I like it so much. He's very candid. He's very crisp. Check him out. Hell Raider. Yeah, this is Hell Raider calling after that game there. Um really, really annoyed and irritated with the outcome of that game. I, you know, I've been posting all week, stop the running game, stop the running game, the running D. Well, wait, what running D? I have to keep telling myself that this team has won more games this year than any other 
uh, year since 2002. But you know, I'm not going to fall into that trap because I'm not going to accept that kind of crap. These guys get paid a lot of money. I spend a lot of money, and they should be winning. The Arizona game, I keep posting that. That thing fucked us over. That's going to fuck us over at the end of this year. The San Francisco game was another one that we probably should have won, but the Arizona game, I guess right now we should be 7-6. and six. But uh, Jacoby Ford, thanks a lot. You know, he did a lot of great things this year, but you know what we count on you. And one of the things is not to fucking fumble the goddamn football right there on the 15- or 20-yard line, whatever it was you did. That was bullshit. Jim, special needs coach Fossil, or excuse me, special teams coach Fossil, you need to be shown the fucking door. Uh, where the guy at the end of the game there didn't score a touchdown, what's the difference? It still gave him, you know, really great field position. And, you know, if I remember correctly, the Arizona game, they returned a kick on us that uh, sealed that game for us that had, you know, didn't even have to come down to that missed kick by Janikowski. Then the other one, the the, the freaking ridiculous run that was on third and two, which, you know, should have been for maybe a seven or eight-yard gain, and the motherfucker runs for like 75 yards. That fucking guy, Jennings, I mean, ridiculous. He had 100 yards. What a joke. I'm so irritated about this game. I will have changed my tune a little bit on the whole thing about the Michael Vick thing. I mean, I still like Michael Vick, still think Michael Vick would be a great fit. But, but Campbell, you know, now he doesn't have to look over his, up his ass or everything else because people are trying to jam stuff up there or pull him. He's played really well. I think he'll be a really nice fit um, for this team. I really do. Now that he's, uh, you know, been able to settle in the position. Did some things well. Still holds on the ball a little bit too long for me. But you know what? I'm willing to take that. Games like this today, they should have won that game. Should have never come down to that. They scored 14 points in three minutes there with the ridiculous run and that stupid-ass fumble. But just some of the plays, the breakdowns and coverage, that ridiculous bomb, that Hail Mary bomb, that was bull crap. I, don't know, I mean, Michael, you've done a lot of great things. Mr. Huff, you've done a lot of great things. That was, that was garbage. I definitely think that finally sealed our season. The best we can do now is 9-7, and seven, and I don't see Kansas City losing – it's been a great year, but uh, a lot of improvements. But still, uh, the the games that we've really lost this year, you know, the, there's only been a couple we really had our, our teeth kicked in. Um, but the, in my estimation, should have had three more victories at this point. Today should have been another one. Definitely the Arizona game and then the 49er game. So some things to build on, but that is fucking ridiculous. So the play calling at the beginning of the game was crap, but the run defense was just horrible. So. Anyway, out. That's a great take, man. I couldn't have said it better myself. I do think Campbell's doing better. Uh, our special needs coach, that's priceless, bro. <laughs> special needs coach, that's perfect because he sucked ass all year. I, I mean, Hugh Jackson has barely made this team function. He's not a good coach. And Curly, well... You know, he showed his colors last year. So he's just trying to manage the team, I guess. I I still think we need a hell of a good coach. If we had better coaching with these players, you know, who knows where we could be. But that is another subject for another day. 2009. The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation. To the Raider Nation podcast, and I'm your host, Raider Greg. Welcome to our show. And yes, number two. What can you say about number two except for you have to wipe it 
and flush it. And you know what I mean about that. That and more here on Show 259. Well, we got quite a show today. Uh, First of all, it looks like number two is going where number two should have gone a long time ago. Right down the crapper. You got to love that. Today's show, we'll do the post game for the Washington Redskins, which uh, we got to hit on that because we all have a lot to say about that game. Chucky pops out in Oakland. Believe it or not, you're not going to believe what he has to say. We'll hit that story. And Fry is the guy for our next game. Looks like Charlie Fry is getting the reins of the team when we head into the Bronca Hose. Mile, I have to get high to watch a game. Got to check that out, too. We'll hit the bone line, and that should round out our show of the day. So check it out. Before I get into the show, I'd just like to make a few statements about uh, something I wrote on the forum. I said I was going to quit. I said that it was time for me to move on for personal, professional reasons and this and that. And, uh, you know, sometimes I can get down. I'm just I'm only human and uh, certainly got down. A couple things happened here and personally, of course, and professionally that have sent me uh, to a new edge, if you know what I mean. (laughs) And the podcast was looking like it might be the first one to get hit. Well, you know what? After careful deliberation, I think that's some bullshit. This is my out. This is the only thing I really have that gives me some some pleasure in life, really. Um, so I just want you to know that I ain't going nowhere. And if I do go somewhere, I'm going to be six feet under when I stop this show. So for all of you thinking that I might not do it anymore, yeah, I'm going to be here. Going to be here till I can't be here. No more. And so that, let me put an end to that. And uh, Colorado Chris had it right. You guys know that I'm bipolar, just like the rest of y'all. All right, it's time for the post game. This was a tale of two teams. That's right, two teams in one, our team. The Oakland Raiders had a first-half team, and we had a second-half team. We had hope because Gradkowski gives us hope, and he played every bit as well as he's played every game for this Oakland Raider team. Our running game was stifled, of course. Couldn't get much on the ground. I think we only got 65 yards total, but we tried. We drove the ball down the field and got a touchdown with Justin Fargus and... Kept the ball alive, kept the field alive, kept the game alive with a score of 17-13. We had hope. We had prayers. It looked like it was going to happen for us. I felt good about our opportunity to win this game. And then, of course, the worst thing that we all thought could happen, Gradkowski gets sacked, injures both his knees, And the kid kept trying to come back. You could see him on the sideline. He'd come out, he'd run, he'd go back in the tunnel, he'd come out, and he just could not make it happen. And guess who came in to take his place? Number two, 
Yes, when you're a child, you always hear about number two. You're taught about number two. You're taught about how not to do number two in your pants. Well, evidently, the number two that the Raiders have didn't learn his lesson because he crapped all over himself again in Oakland. And I'm going to go on a rant right now because, God damn it, I fucking can't believe this numbskull idiot, Jeb Busto. Do you think maybe he prepared himself for this game? Do you think he was ready to come in and take this team over like the announcer said? Thank you, Raider Mike, for your video. Once again, it was fantastic. No, Jabusto in his dumbass hat come out and did exactly what he's done his entire career here in Oakland. He crapped a big, juicy, nasty, stinky shit right there on the field. His play was moronic. It was lethargic, horrifying to watch. And let me tell you, the Raider Nation did not waste any time telling him and Al Davis what we think of his bullshit. He got booed so harshly that I I almost, now I got to tell you, almost felt bad for the guy. Not. His play was just as shitty as it ever has been. His lumbling, bumbling, and I mean fumbling ways have not changed a bit. He did not prepare for this game. He did not work extra hard like Cable was saying. He did not prepare for this skin's defense at all. If he would have, he would have realized that he had to jet back and get that ball out as soon as possible. The guy is a loser. And we all know it. It's about time that Al knows it, and I think that's out, and I think I'll cover that in this uh, the show, of course, but the second series, Jamarcus took the ball, the fans were leaving by the thousands, and I don't mean hundreds. The, f- the fans were draining out of the Coliseum like a hole in a bucket, and I'll tell you right now, the stadium was near empty before the game was over. There was no hope left in the Coliseum, and the boos were going down because the fan base was going out of the parking lot. The game was obvious after the first interception. Jamarcus throws into four, and I counted four people covering one receiver, and he threw right in the middle of them. Interception. Surprise! The guy can't see. He has no pocket presence. He has no presence period. Jamarcus Russell ruined this game for everyone, including himself. I'm glad he sunk his own boat. My fear was that he would come in and save the day. He did exactly what he was going to do. I am glad he did. I'm, a, I'm sad that we had to lose that game, but there's, there's one bright spot in this entire Redskins game. It's the fact that everyone, including national media, Everybody saw that Jamarcus Russell is a waste, complete waste of time and freaking money. After the interception, there was, of course, the fumble and the six, count them, six sacks. Six. Six quarterback sacks. And you know why he got sacked? It wasn't so much that the offensive line gave up because the offensive line was shitty from the get-go. Arakpo, which the Virginia Raider talked about during the draft when he, was, when he wasn't drafted by Oakland. He was drafted by, of course, the Skins. 
I would love to see Brian Okapo. Okapo, whatever you call his name. An animal of a linebacker. I think he came out of Texas. He was gnarly. Gradkowski's got the legs. He's got the eyes. He's got the presence to get away from these guys. DeBosto has no hope at all. Unless you put a brick wall in front of him and give him 15 minutes to decide who to throw the ball to, that's what he needs. He must have the record for fumbles as a quarterback in the NFL. I know he has a record for the worst completion pass ratio. That's for sure. I know he has a record for the worst quarterback rating of any quarterback that has ever played for the Oakland Raiders. And there's been a few buffoons. He is the king of buffoonery here in Oakland. Well, the Seagulls took over this game. They took over the Coliseum. And I just have to say this. It took me five minutes to get out of the parking lot. That's how empty the Coliseum was at the end of the game. And one thing was for sure that was talked about throughout the parking lot. I'll tell you right now, Jamarcus shows who he is, who he's going to be. He will never be a good quarterback for anyone ever. So that was like the proof in the pudding. (laughs) You got to love at least that about this game because that was all we saw after the half. 34 to 13. Unbelievable. And that was the game, and that was that. Okay, the Broncos, pregame. Or should I say, the Broncos? Well, we're going to Invesco Field, folks. We're going to Invesco Field, and it's going to be cold, and it's going to be snowy. But you know what? We've gone there before, defeated as a team, and we've kicked their ass. This could be a time when the Raiders could raise up and be a formidable foe and knock the Bronco hose out of any chance of a wild card berth. And it would be nothing less than fantastic to see the Oakland Raiders, our Oakland Raiders, go into their house and beat them. Taking them out of a playoff spot, it would be beautiful, baby. And you know you'd love it. Well, without Bruce Almighty, it could be tough. But we haven't seen Charlie Fry, so let's not let's not give it up yet. Because you know if Jabusto was in, I wouldn't even watch this fucking game. Well, I'm sure, like I said, it's going to be a blowout as far as everyone's concerned before the game starts. Welcome to another episode of Broncos Cast. We are a division of the Denver Sportscast Network. I am Reese Williams, and my co-pilot on this magic carpet ride is uh, Drew Webster. How are we doing, Drewski? We're bouncing back from a tough loss from Indy, but we get to go in and do some Raider hating, which is something we're really, really good at. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Raider hating, man. This is one of our favorite things to do. We get to do it twice a year. Well, it's so fun and easy. It's kind of like blinking or breathing, really, if you think about it. Uh, You know, it it really is. Uh, There's one team I hate more than anybody else. It's the Raiders, and there's not even a question about it. We played the Raiders, obviously, once before the season. Third week. Well, we of haven't the... played this Raiders team yet, right? No, no, no. But I, you know, I was getting, <laughs> I was getting to that. Uh, third week of the season, we beat them twenty-three to three. 
but is a significantly different team. I actually didn't think we played that particularly well that past game. We could have put up a lot more points than 23 on the Raiders. Um, since that time, uh, Russell has been benched because he was completing something like 2% of his passes. And now you have Brad Grakowski as a starter. And since he's been the starter, he's 2-2. Two and two, And they've beaten both the Steelers and the Bengals. And they now actually have a serious pulse. So, you know, what do you think of this game? Yeah, it, it is kind of a whole new team. You bench Russell, and now you've got a backup quarterback coming in with a quarterback rating of 80%, which is up from Russell's high at the season was somewhere in the 40s. Um, so they, they are more dynamic offense. You know, one of the differences that Grabkowski brings to the game as opposed to Russell, he's a much more mobile quarterback, not overly talented, but uh, can move around in the pocket, uh, you know, takes the checkdowns, relatively smart. And uh, he finds a way to win. And so he's a decent quarterback. And I think it's going to really be on the Broncos to put some serious pressure on him and, uh, you know, force him into some mistakes like they did Manning last week. And I'm looking at our defense to cause at least three turnovers. And Ooh, one of them is going to be, uh, you know, return for a touchdown. This is not a team I'm really worried about. But the problem being that we talk a lot about division rivals and and, uh, you know, statistics don't matter when you're playing a division rival. They usually bring it to play. And we saw Oakland come into our house and do this to us last year. Oh, and, dude, we talked nonstop about how we just love, uh, you know, basking in Oakland's misery. And it's no different for Oakland fans. Uh, you know, if they could come in here and beat us and put a serious dent in our playoff hopes, I, I think they would love nothing more than to do that. I think we have a great opportunity to surprise some people in this game. And if we play the way we played under Gradkowski, if we can have the same kind of production, at least the hope. And if we could at least put some hurting on them, at least now we have an opportunity to put some points on the board, move the football. If the defense can raise the occasion, rise up and be dominant in the snow, the cold and the wind, at Invesco Field, I'm telling you right now, we have a chance to win this football game. There's nothing sweeter than taking Denver out of a playoff berth. That is just beautiful. I'd love to have us do it. There's nothing finer. We're in a perfect position. The stars and the moon have lined up to allow us the opportunity to take Denver out. And I think we can do this. Watch the game and see what happens. And that is what I have to say about that. One week later in Denver, Christmas Eve, 2009. So, you know, what do you think of this game? I think you're going to see Gradowski on the uh, Invesco field turf quite often. And I, I think that's going to be one of the keys of the game. We talk nonstop about how we just love basking in Oakland's misery. I'm ready to do some Raider hate, and there's nothing I like more than beating them because they're fans. It just eats them away losing to us, and and I love being a part of that. really do. Yeah, no, it, it, it's a lot of fun. This is not a team I'm really worried about. <laughs> <laughs> I think the game will be pretty much be over by the second quarter if we can make them one-dimensional. And you know what? We can do that with Oakland, you know? I, I don't think Radowski's seen the kind of coverage that the Broncos bring. <laughs> <laughs>
hopefully by the time you know they come out in the second half, the Raiders are already thinking about which Raiderette they're going to try and uh, pick up on on the plane flight home. <laughs> <laughs> if you are going to be a good team in the NFL, you need to beat the teams that are inferior to you, like the Raiders. One of the important things is when you have a better team playing an inferior opponent, it's absolutely crucial that the better team jump out to an early lead to take away any hope or momentum that the inferior team can build up. Raiders start on the 34, handoff, no, bootleg frog and a run, and he's got room, 40, 45, a block from Higgins, dry, all the way down to the Denver 39-yard line. It's absolutely crucial that the better team jump out to an early lead. Handoff, Bush, cut back, big run, Bush gone, 40, 45, midfield, one guy to beat Dawkins, he runs by Dawkins, who recovers to finally tackle him on the Denver 31-yard line. I think the game will be pretty much be over by the second quarter if we can make them one-dimensional. First and ten Raiders on the Denver 31-yard line. McFadden in for Bush, handoff McFadden. Breaks a tackle, gets wide, he may score. 20, 15, 10, he is pushed out on the one-yard line. You know, I think the big thing I see for the Broncos is can they shut down the uh, running game? Handoff, Bush up the middle, big hole, 20, he's going to score. Touchdown, can they shut down the uh, running game? There was a gaping Grand Canyon-sized hole for him to just walk through and score. This is not a team I'm really worried about. <laughs> <laughs> they need to get up, establish the fact that the Raiders won't be able to score. You know, the sad thing about the Raiders is... Can they shut down the uh, running game? The Raiders have shut down their run game. I, I don't think Radowski's seen the kind of coverage that the Broncos bring. Second and one. Satelli snaps to Russell in the gun. Russell looks left, throws left. Caught by Schillens. First down Raiders on the Denver 10-yard line. I, I don't think Radowski's seen the kind of coverage that the Broncos bring. Slot right. Murphy and Higgins actually stacked up. Schillens left. Pressure throw. Catch. Johnny Lee Higgins will run for a Raider first down. Just shows you how bad the Raiders are. <laughs> the Raiders have shut down their run game. This is not a team I'm really worried about. I think you're going to see Gradowski on the uh, Invesco field turf quite often. Second down 10. Orton in the gun. Out of the gun. Looks middle. Orton pressured by Ward. Surrounded by Ellison. Sacked back on the 12-yard line. Just shows you how bad the Raiders are. <laughs> <laughs> Russell back. Russell throws middle. It is caught. It is a first down. First down Raiders to Tony Stewart. And we saw Oakland come into our house and do this to us last year. Murphy's the outside guy against Bailey. Russell back. Russell throws middle. Caught. Shillings touchdown. Touchdown. Raiders. Oh, he ran right yes. through Alfonso Smith over the middle. The Raiders have tied the game. There was Chaz Shillings on a crossing route. Jamarcus Russell returns to lead the Raiders down the field. The Oakland Raiders have won the game. The Raiders, for a second straight year, come to Denver and may have inflicted a huge wound on their playoff hopes. It just eats them away losing to us, and, and I love being a part of that, really do. Yeah, no, it, it, it's a lot of fun. Welcome, Orange Crush Nation, to Broncos Cast. It's uh, been a few days since the Oakland loss. We ended up losing 20-19 to to severely 
hurt our playoff chances. I know everybody in Denver just being here has been incredibly frustrated with the game and not really wanting to talk about it. So let's just kind of briefly talk about it, but then focus on the Philly game. Uh, you know, what were your initial thoughts? Uh, I was just so disgusted. I couldn't even blog this week. Like, I didn't know how to respond objectively. So <laughs> I just... <sighs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Slap them hoes. That's right, the Bronco hoes. I love to call them the hoes because I hate these mothers. <clears throat> Anyways, I hate these guys, and <laughs> we won it by one point. And the deflated Invesco Field was priceless. You listen to the commentators. I'm just looking past them into the crowd, and I am loving it. I am loving it when we got the touchdown and people started to pick up and take off. I just think that is great. Josh Dougals, their head coach, came on afterwards and said you got to hand it to the Raiders because they wanted it more than we did, and damn right. And there ain't nothing better in the NFL, in Raiders for my for my buck, than to see the Raiders beat the Bronco Hoes in their house. Thank you very much. We have Raider Jaime, man, my good brother from Bakersfield. He's got a lot to say, too. Let's hear it, man. Hey, Raider Greg, Raider Randy. Hey, this is Raider Jaime calling out of Bakersfield. Hey, I was on the on the Raider, uh, their show with JT the Brick and the Raider Report, and uh, guess what? Crusader Raider, they talked about him, JT the Brick. It was pretty fucking awesome. You know, going to the games and stuff, and how he travels so far. But I just want you to get a little, uh, you know, a little glimpse of what uh, JT the Brick was saying about Crusader Raider. Here it is. Welcome back to the Raiders Report. I'm JT the Brick. Now, if a Raider fan's loyalty is measured by the amount of miles he or she travels to go see the team play, well, this guy wins. Ladies and gentlemen, meet the Crusader Raider. I'm an international Raider fan from London, England, and I've been traveling to see the Raiders for 30 years. The Crusader Raider, the supporter of the silver and black, who wears the red and white, is not one to hide behind his shield. In fact, the outgoing chap has made quite a name for himself within the Raider Nation. Walk into stores in Oakland and people recognize me now, which is just very, very cool for me, but it's just amazing. You do not think it would happen. Keeps forever getting stopped. People want their photo taken with him. Yeah, people want to chat. How do you know the Raiders? How do you know, you know? And I'm quite happy to let the Crusader Raider take a bit of the limelight. So that's fine with me. Dave is the Crusader's cohort from London. The two took a liking to each other after realizing their liking for the same team. We both support a local football team. He used to come wearing a lot of Raiders, uh, you know, jacket or shirts and all that. Um, I used to, you know, sort of say, oh, yeah, we got on, we done well this week, we done well that week. Um, and that was fine. Then we just started chatting. Then we just started um, travelling to away games together. Wherever you are in the world and whoever you are, the Raider family is all across the world and we're all here together. For Keith and his pond-hopping partner, the two have successfully managed most of their crusades, a lesson learned from a past mistake. 
Keith decided he was going to get married in Vegas, so we said whoever the Raiders are playing, that week we'll go to. Unfortunately, he booked his wedding and the Raiders had a bye week that week. <laughs> Although sometimes out of costume, the Crusader is never out of character. The constant mission to spread the gospel of the Raiders stems from his love of the team. The Raider fans are totally different from any other fans in the NFL. They are a huge family that's together and they're a fantastic family to be part of. And Raider fans are great. We have one team and we stick to our colours. So when we're having tough times we stick together. But that's what a Raider fan is. It's all about coming through it together. We've had good times, we've had some lower times, but we're going to be back. That's what I'm talking about, man. That's fucking awesome, man. That's cool. I'm really proud of Crusader Raider, man. It's, it's you know, how many games did he go to until they finally got a win? That's like, you know, it's awesome, man. That Bengals game for him. I'm really happy for him, man. So I just thought I'd share this with you guys, man. I'm really proud of this moment, man. I'll talk to you guys later. That's right. Big Keith, Big Dave. From the UK, have been a supporter of the Raider Nation podcast for a long ass time. They've been our friends. Uh, they are on uh, JT the Brick Show. You got to check it out, Raider Nation. That's what I'm talking about. I've been talking about these guys for years, and you can see the dedication and the uh, just the love. And you know, they talk about the nation exactly how it is, man. The Raider Nation is a big family. You got to love it, and you certainly have to love those guys for making the effort to get here. Raider Wild, guys from Australia, guys from Scotland. I mean, people travel a huge distance to see this team. We are one nation, the Raider Nation. And one more thing. Go, Leighton Orient! Two thousand and eight. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast, and I am your host, Raider Greg. Welcome to our show, and yes, we're not going anywhere as a team in the playoffs or whatever, but we are still the Raiders. We have to bear with it. we got things going on, and we're going to talk about all that on show 220. Raider Nation. This is show 220. What can I tell you, man? We got to the 220 mark. It's Every show is actually a good mark these days. That's pretty funny. But let me hit this show for today. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know about my city? The city of old. Oh, don't you know? Do you know about my city? The city of old. Oh, don't you know? Now let's take a little trip down memory lane. Today's show will be the post game for the dead batteries. That's right. The San Diego chargeless, nutless, boltless chargers took it to us. So let's get right to the post game for the chargers. Well, (laughs) 
You think you wonder while I'm laughing. But you know what? You do know why I'm laughing. Because what else can you do, man? And I'll tell you this. The game was more than I expected. Yes, more disgusting play, more penalties, more turnovers, more dysfunction on defense, more ridiculous play calling. It was way more than I expected. So... So, you know what? It was funny. What do you mean funny? Funny how? Funny. It was funny. What the fuck is so funny? From Tommy Kelly's personal foul that got them out of a third and long to a touchdown. Yes. Thanks, Tommy Kelly. Way to play, brother. To rotating door Harris marched to new lows in flags. <laughs> Oh, gosh. New lows and penalty yards, new lows and whatever. Every low you could possibly imagine for a tackle, he's done it. Two, this was a special part of the game, Ladanium Tablitsons, quote, that was easy as he blew through the line for a 25-yard touchdown. Yes. What can you say? That's about it for that game. I hope we never have another one like it. I still say the Atlanta Falcons game was the worst performance I've ever seen of any team in my football life. Okay? In the history of every game I've watched since I was born, that game with 77 total offensive yard was by far the most pathetic performance ever. So as bad as this was, it wasn't that bad. But I thought it was pretty funny. Funny how? (laughs) Funny like a clown? Tell me what's funny. (laughs) I love it. Bad of the bone. Bad of the bone. All right, who is next on the line? Juan Jorge, the partner, the tailgate brother. Tell us what you got to say, man. Hey, this is Juan uh, calling in. And we just got our asses killed. We just got raped. But it hurt. But then I sat, thought about it. And it's the end of the year. We're all numb to this. And I've now opened my eyes. And now... I'm looking at it how it is. Just like Denny Green said, we are who we thought we were. This is some bullshit. If Al Davis does not do something significant in the off season, something worth me pulling cash out of my asshole and figuring out how I'm getting to Oakland week in and week out, if he does not pull his shit together and figure something out, like bringing in a general manager, bringing in a coach, that we know can coach, letting him coach. If something like this does not happen, I am not renewing my season tickets. You know, at first, listening to Raider Rick, you know, Raider Rick basically tells it how it is. He's a diehard Raider fan. And, you know, everything he said was straight up on on the dot. We will never win unless Al Davis leaves, steps down, or hires a general manager, and let the people do their job. 
Until then, we are not having any more winning seasons. Everyone knows this, and hopefully I can realize it. I will continue to finish out the year, and, you know, I hope the season's over fast. And, you know, I'm just numb to it. I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not letting it affect me as much as I did. Um, thanks to Al Davis for making it, you know, he's making it easier for me to realize how bad we suck and how to get numb to this crap. Uh, shit, can't wait for the tailgate. You know, there's only two more games left. Um, you know, two more games to see everyone. And then... In reality, we're not going to see each other for another year. And hopefully another year, because, like I said, if Al Davis does not make some significant changes, I am not renewing my season tickets, because it is a pain in the ass for me, as a fan, a diehard fan, to figure out how I'm getting to Oakland week in and week out, pulling $800 out of my ass. And since I don't drive yet, I have to spend $1,600. And I have to just call up a friend week in and week out and say, you know what, let's go to the game. I'll give you a ticket, you pay for gas. Simple as that, it blows, but you know what, I'm a diehard fan and I'm willing to do it. I am willing to sacrifice the little that I have for the team I love. Only if there is a little hope. I know we're not going to go to the Super Bowl in one year, but give us you know, show us the end of the tunnel with the bright light at the end. Show us that we will progress because what I am seeing on this field is a pathetic. This is not a professional football team. This is a JV high school team at best. I am sick of seeing these penalties. I am sick of seeing our coaches not being able to coach. Let the coach succeed or fail on his own, not through L. Davis. I'm sick of it. I'm tired of it, and I'm just you know, not going to let it affect me. I'm still going to wear my colors day in and day out. I'm still going to let everybody know I'm a Raider fan. I'm still going to talk like I'm a Raider fan, and I'm still going to punk any fan that says otherwise. But I'm not going to let these blowouts affect me at this point this year. That's all I got for now. Um, shit. Um, well, you know, two more game, two more home games left. See you guys at the Patriot game next Sunday. All right, take care, guys. Wait. Well, my brother, you're absolutely right with everybody, everybody on this podcast, everybody who has a ticket. I mean, I'm not going to not go to any games, but I'm certainly not going to put out the dollars for those games either, Brad. I'm telling you right now, it is killing me. I say that, and then the tickets come and change my mind. But doggone it, it's a hard, hard thing to justify, especially for you. Listen here, folks. Juan is a young, young man, 17. He's not even out of school. And he's pulling out 800 900 bucks out of his ass for a ticket. you damn straight the Raiders need to win, if anybody, just for him. That's dedication, man. That's some hardcore stuff right there. That's that's pathetic, man. That's how I feel, too. 2007. The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, 
to the Raider Nation podcast, and I'm your host, Raider Greg. Better late than never, I always say. No, it's been a tough week, especially with the loss, and uh, everybody gets emotional regardless of what the situation is. We certainly got some cheese whiz on our whizzer. I'll tell you that right now because we got beat down very hard. Last big loss like this was San Diego, and last embarrassing loss anyway, so two for the season. And, uh, well, we're going to get into that and so much more here on Better Late Than Never, show 177. Yeah. Yeah. Oak Town. Do you know about my city? Oak Town. The city of Oak. Oak Town. Oak, don't you know? Oak Town. Do you know about my city? Oak Town. The city of Oak. Well, Raider Nation, on this show, 177, we got for you, of course, the post game for the Cheeseheads. It was ugly, and we'll just talk about it a little bit because I don't want it to hurt anymore than it already does. So we'll talk about that. We're also going to hit on Russell. Talk is cheap. That's right. Tired of hearing the talk. Let's put this young man in, and we'll hit on that, of course. Now, here's an interesting one. Papa Monty to the Raiders. That's right. Lane Kiffin's Papa. Could it happen? Could you work with your dad? I don't know. <laughs> It'd be a tough one for me to work with mine. But I know this. If he came to Oakland, our defense could change. We'll talk about that. Of course, we'll do a pregame for My Little Ponies. That's right. The Colts are coming to town. Peyton Manning in the powerhouse. It is the AFC defending champion of the Super Bowl last year. Yes, we got them this year, too. So we'll hit on that, too. Of course, we will hit the Raider Nation podcast comments form section, and I'll be skipping around hitting all that and that kind of stuff. So, Raider Nation, was it a beatdown? Well, yeah, let's talk about it. Let's talk about the cheese ads and the post game. Well, Raider Nation, we beat ourselves. That's right. The Raiders once again came out in great form and great function and beat ourselves with penalties at the wrong time, bad penalties, bad throws, bad judgment, poor running, bad special teams. Every phase of the game was, you know, some bullshit. You know, when Lane comes out there, the cold, the cold didn't miss tackles, the cold didn't do this, the cold didn't do that, but... Notice he had a beanie on. He was dressed up, warm as could be, as those guys were out there trying to make it happen on the field. I don't give him any excuses either, but please don't throw that in their faces because cold does matter. I don't know about you guys. You see Jamarcus Russell. He is not a cold-weather quarterback, obviously, because all you could see were just a little bit of his eyelashes sticking out of the, the cap that he had on. Crazy cold, and they didn't like it. Josh McCown. Once again, he is a gladiator. He's a tough guy, but I think Lane Kiffin is way off base with this cat. The fact that he played this game, everyone, come on now. You know yourself. You were thinking, oh, God, is he going to be the good Josh or the bad Josh? Is he going to be the Superman Josh 
or the Bizarro Josh. And, of course, we got Bizarro Josh with not only two interceptions. I was waiting for an ambulance, an air ambulance, to land on the field and take him away because I thought that would be the only way that Coach Kiffin was going to take him out of the game. It is a bullshit decision, Coach Kiff, not to change your quarterback when he's jacked up. Not only is Josh not good when he's healthy, but when he's jacked up, well, there you go. Need I say more? We have a quarterback. We have four quarterbacks. We have a quarterback named Andrew Walter who came in, and for as gallant as the effort as he wanted to put in, we already lost the game. It was late in the fourth quarter, and he still threw a spirit. He, he felt good. He looked good out there. He, he might be a decent choice, but no. We're going to hit Josh again against the Colts. That Lane Kiffin is just poor coaching. Poor coaching fully, and I'll say it to your face, Padna. But this game, the defense was pathetic. Ryan Grant? Who the hell is Ryan Grant? Before this game, did you know who Ryan Grant was? Did you know they even existed in the NFL? Ryan Grant laid down 156 big yards against our porous, weak-ass defense. This is the last quarter of football, people. Tackling was juvenile. It was dodgeball. It was everything but tackle. Please push me, shove me, beat me, whip me, but don't tackle me because I'm going for an extra five right now. The three runs in the first series that this cat had on us, I think it was 7, 9, and 16 yards. That was on third down, incidentally. Our defense was gassed by the first drive. <laughs> Route gets bugged for an 80-yard TD. Leckler has his worst game ever. It just goes on and on. You know, I thought we had an opportunity to win this game. Really, honestly. I know, I know. Say what you will. I'm taking those happy pills, whatever it takes. But I sincerely think, thought we would at least, at the very least, give them an issue. Jerry Porter's gallant yet lucky catch in the end zone the duck that flew that didn't get shot out of the sky. That's right. McGowan's duck was picked by an athletic, of course. Very good. Thank you, Jerry Porter, for not making it a fat zero, which it was ever so close to being. I don't want to think about this game again. The only time I want to think about Green Bay Packers is when we go in and we have a team that can actually do something. This is twice that they've embarrassed us. I mean embarrassed us. I don't mean just beat us. I mean, just beat the shit out of us. Lane, you're pissing me off. Your coaching decisions in this game were totally out. Let's not have a coach that's Superman one week and Bizarro coach the next week. And that's all I'm going to say about that game. But that was some bullshit. Okay, well, let's see now. After that wonderfully uplifting event, <laughs> hey, man, it is what it is. Like I said before, you can't get too emotional. Obviously, I ain't taking my own advice. So let's talk about this, shall we? Let's just move into the next story. Russell, talk is cheap. Talk is cheap.
Russell. Talk is cheap. First, let me say this. His first outing was good. We've talked about that already. The quarterback debacle in Oakland is a freaking joke and has been cited so, of course, by mainstream media, along with every other problem we have. We have four quarterbacks, folks. And let's not forget, Walter is one of them. Why do we have four quarterbacks? I don't know. I can't begin to guess why we don't have an extra lineman. Offense or defense? Why don't we have an extra defensive back or free safety? No, we have four quarterbacks. One of which was the number one pick last year, Jamarcus Russell, who, in every doggone interview I've seen him do, is ready to play football. I'm sorry, people, but if you don't see that, then you got to be pretty, pretty thick. Look at him. Look at his mannerisms. Look at his eyes. Listen to how he answers questions. The man is ready to stand up and take this team. He's ready. He's ready. Now, I remember when Manning first came in, he looked like a deer in the headlights. Oh, yeah, I'm ready. Oh, that's Eli Manning. Phillip Rivers, the same way. Oh, I'm ready to take this team. Oh, deer in the headlights. We got to give Russell a chance. But there are a couple theories out there. You know, this is uh, part of an article by Ori. I love the, her take. I understand where she's coming from. And I'm just going to paraphrase in kind of my own thing, but I'm using her, some of her, her article here. There's two theories, really. One is you let the quarterback sit on the pine, learn from the veteran, understand the defenses, learn how to read them, learn how to change the plays, and all the nuances of being a quarterback in the NFL. Not that you haven't learned it, but it's good to have you on the bench learning from the veteran while that happens for a year, and you might get a little bit of playing time, but you get all that extra, extra knowledge. And then, well, right after that, let's just look at the people who did sit on the pine for a year. Carson Palmer, Drew Brees, Philip Rivers, Rex Grossman, J.P. Lossman, and Todd Marinovich. Yes, I said it, Todd Marinovich. Take your hands off your ears. There's no pattern here, people, because the people who went in right away, Dan Marino, John Elway, Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, Donovan McNabb, Eli Manning, Alex Smith, Achilles Smith, Kate McNown, Tim Couch, and Patrick Ramsey. Now, there's a notable, more familiar and famous quarterbacks on list number two, the one that came in right away. But really what this says is, you know, the, and, and then second plan, let me tell you, is, of course, obviously the different is coming in right away. Just you're, here's your new quarterback, there's your team, hit on it, kid, go for it. And then they're off. That was that last list I read you. And you know what? People will say that doesn't make any difference. Some people will say that the odds are better that either way is good. Well, I have to disagree. I think that going in and playing right away is the way you do it. Throw his ass in there. Go throw his $30 million goat-smelling ass in there, and let's see what happens. Trust me. Trust me. If this kid is ready to play and he can make it in this level, then he will be successful. And the fact that you could say that some of these guys were were thrown away because they were thrown in the, the, the fire too fast, I say that's some bullshit excuse because the best quarterbacks – had to go in and play the game, and that's why they were the best quarterbacks. 
as a Raider fan, I'm hoping they take Jamarcus Russell, and I hope Al makes this decision. Put that kid in there and make him play. Make him earn that money because, you know what, A, he needs to earn the money. we got to see whether he's good enough. B, the fans deserve it. I'm saying he gets the Colts game. This kid should play the whole game from the first snap to the last snap. The fact that they coddle him is some bullshit. He's a football player. Play his ass. We need him. Obviously, McCown is not the man for the job. I I just, Lane Kiffin is just, I don't get it. I just don't get it. The entire Raider Nation knows that the throwing aspect of the game is on Walter. He can do it. You've seen him do it a bunch of times. He played behind the worst offensive line in the NFL last year, and he had two victories. Give the guy a chance. Fuck. I think Lane is missing out big on this kid, and I'll I'll be behind Walter because that's how I feel. I think that Russell should play now, and that's the way I feel about that. So before I sign out, of course, I got to get to the Raider Nation podcast comments forum section. Well, let's see, Raider Nation. We got all kinds of things going on here. Everyone's very skeptical about this game. Okay, let's go to Mad Raiders 32. Well, Manning will likely shred the Raiders. Let's play Russell. Come on, Kiffin. Let's move on. We want to make a run next season and a contention for the playoffs. Al Davis, step in and let's do this. I agree 100%, Mad Raiders. 100 Okay, can't wait to see big number two under the center, that's for sure. Here, my good buddy, Colorado Chris. As high as we all are, or were, off the Denver win, and some were saying we may be a threat, I stayed quiet. Beating the Broncos and Chiefs was great, but honestly, they are weak, and when we matched up with the top five teams like the Packers, well... We saw how far we need to go to compete with the power teams of the NFL. I think the AFC West is goal number one. We can get back to the top of the West, then figure out how to compete with ass crack chin or Mr. Commercial. (laughs) I'm out. Tommy's sister's calling. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Well, that's good, man, because it's true. We got to worry about the AFC West first. I've always said it, and I always mean it. 2006. The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. And ho, 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 boy, do I feel like a ho after the Bungles game. We got hoed down big time. So, welcome to show 119, and I am Redder Greg. I am your host. 
Well, let me tell you, there's a whole lot of nothing that's been going on with the Oakland Raiders. We seem to be uh, circling the drain and ever so ever so dangerous to the edge of the drain, or maybe some people think we're in the drain. Uh, some people already think we hit the bottom of the drain. Um, nonetheless, here we are. So without further ado, let me crack back into the show. Yeah. Yeah. Oak-time. Do you know about my city? Oak-time. The city of Oak. Today's show, Raider fans, will be a post-game take from the Raider Nation podcast, and of course, a pre-game for... So, first story of the day, the post-game for the Cincinnati Bengals. I got one word for you. Bullshit! Well, that's what I'm saying, man. That's the game. I sit right there. We played terrible on the defense, on the offense. And, of course, Shank Kowski came along and did his best imitation of his last game, hitting the pole. I think that's that. maybe there should be some points for hitting the pole. It's a lot harder to hit the pole than it is to get through the pole. Evidently, we would be scoring many points if there was a point for that. My point is either get some bigger pants, Shankowski, or you know what? We're going to have a lot of competition for you this offseason, which will be also part of the questionnaire or the um, the questions we're going to throw out here to the Raider Nation. Yeah, there's not much I can say, man. I've said it all. I've talked about Shell. I've talked about the Moss. I've talked about Porter. I've talked about putting Curry in, which is going to happen in this game. Because Moss twisted his ankle. Boo-hoo! You are one sorry-ass biatch, Randy Moss. If you're too old to play the game, then get the hell out. Give Al Davis a check for the money you took and hit the freaking road. Now, see, I'm getting a little too into it right now. But I could go on and on, and I'm not just, just not going to. I just find I have to look deep, just like every other Raider fan does, to find the inspiration to, to continue the punishment throughout these last couple of games. The last gasp of a 2-14 and 14 team, I am sure. The Rams will come in. They beat us before 28-2, to uh, I think it was 14. And they are probably going to do it again. The Rams are coming in after a loss to the Bears. They got pummeled. So they're going to come out with some attitude and try to prove that they can make it happen against the lowly Raiders, like everybody's done all season long. The only good thing about it is we can be there in person to see it. Absolutely. We can see our team, watch that melee and what happens who knows, every game we've been hoping for a miracle and for seven straight. Looks like ain't none in the house. The Raiders are in a dismal shape. At this point, a team, uh, I find it hard for any team to rise to the occasion. I doubt very seriously if our Oakland Raiders put up a game. Quite honest with you, it is time for them to quit. I understand everyone's going to flip out. I'm going to get a lot of negative emails, but... 
This is what happens when you have this kind of season. Do you want to tell me that you're going to risk your possibility of going to another team next year, possibility of a contract, possibility of an injury at the very least that could take you out of the game until next season or past next season? Hell no. That ain't going to happen. Hell no. If it were me, I'd say hell no, too. I would play as much as I could, but I ain't going to go that extra step. I ain't going to sacrifice Jack for this team because we ain't going no place because we ain't been no place lately. I'm talking about the last four seasons. What, and excuse me, what a fucking mess. I cannot believe it. It is absolutely disheartening to look at the loss-win column in the last four years. You would think after four years we would start to tilt this boat upright. We've been hearing it every offseason that things are different, things are changing. There have been moves made, albeit short, albeit nearsighted, albeit wrong. And we'll talk about that in the question segment, but I'll tell you. The Rams will come into Oakland and give us everything we could possibly handle. And if the team, like I think, is given up, that's what it looks like to me. Looks to me that the team has given up, and now it's individual players trying to show that they belong here, that they want to earn their check next season. That's kind of what's going to happen. So they will be just as bad a play, just as hacked up an offense. And the defense, I hope they show up. That's all I can say. I hope they show up. Because a team like this, I'll tell you, I've seen it. We've seen it four years in a row. The last two or three games, last gasps of the team have been woefully crap. Okay? And I mean, it's it's just, you know, just trying to vent it out there for the Raider Nation. I've gone off. I've, you know, I've cussed. I've screamed. Everyone else, pound your feet, you know, scream like a baby. Got punished. By every single team in the league, at the exception of the lowly Cardinals and the dysfunctional Pittsburgh Steelers. So, you know, what else can I say, Raider Nation? I can't say much at all. What I can say is I'm just as frustrated as the rest of you. And I know it's been a while since my podcast. And I'll tell you, right, be honest with you, I have not been in the freaking mood to do this show. I have just struggled with trying to find something to say, so I will not continue to ramble like my wife says I do. I will just say it from the heart. I am tired. Are you tired? I'm tired. I'm tired. The only thing that saves the season, and it happens every year, is the fans. The only thing that saves the game is the fans. So get your ass out there to the Raiders versus the Rams because I'll tell you right now, we need fans in the seats. We need some screaming going on, and it's getting awful low there at the Oakland Coliseum. So we need to get people out there, get people screaming, and hopefully we can get come away with a freak victory. But don't take it to the book because the book will take your money, honey, and I ain't kidding. So let's see, what shall we say about what's going on? I told you already that Randy Moss has had some issues with his uh, ankle. So you can just forget about that. 
The Rams are 5-8. and eight. They jumped off to a 4-1 and one start this season, unlike us being 0-5. We had no live showing when the Rams looked like they were on their way to the playoffs. And they fumbled and bumbled their way to a 5-8, and eight, where they are right now. Oakland just got beat hard at a 27-10 loss last week against the Bungles, which was embarrassing because I have a neighbor across the street who's, of all things, a Bungle fan. And, of course, I had to see... All the bungle wear come out, the tiger, all that crap. And, well, you know what? I just deserve it. Our team is playing exactly how um, teams play when they get beat. And the fans have to just suck it up. And Raider fans got to suck it up, man. I'm telling you, it's bullshit, but that's the way it goes, baby. You're going to have to stand proud and loud because right now, man, is the time that separates the cream. Because if you ain't standing up, man, you better sit your ass down. And I mean it. You better stand up as a fan now because this is it. And all your friends, when we start turning this ship around whenever, all them bandwagon fans, you're going to be turning around going, hey, I thought you were a, hey, I thought you were a Seagull fan. Hey, I thought you were a, Bungles fan, hey, you're going to find all kinds of silver and black, brand new t-shirts and paraphernalia. I'm telling you, you got to hang. You got to hang. Raiders true blue, Raiders to the bone, silver and black running through our veins. We are the Raider Nation. And be proud. Be proud, man. Don't put your shit in the back yet. You better be wearing it because we got a couple games left. We have got to represent all the way to the end. Do not choke. Do not be a chump. Do not show the rest of the the, the teams in the league that uh, we jump ship. Because I'm telling you, as far as I'm concerned, I ain't jump ship. I'm sure pissed off, but I ain't jump no ship. And I think that's the same way it is with the nation. I'm sorry I went on a tangent there. Randy Moss, 42 catches for 533 yards and three TDs. What a dismal season for that guy. That is pathetic for the money we are paying him. I don't want to say another word about it. Punk ass biatch. Archell, of course, goes to his defense. Well, when you roll your when you roll your ankle like that. Oh, Art, I've got enough to say about Archell. And as long as I just said his name, because I've been trying to avoid it. Art, you're fired. Okay, you're fired. Art needs to go because we cannot have Lombardi and Art in the same office. We cannot have the discontent in the locker room. And it seemed to come right along with Art Shell. There was not this much when Turner was here. I'd say when Mr. Rogers was running the team, there wasn't this disarray. At the very least, he got along with the quote-unquote GM, who I like to call these days the BM of operations. Archell, I'm sorry you tried. Uh, your your plan was just not working. You don't have it. You can't do it. You got a lot of heart. I love you, baby, but you are out. I think that is like the first thing, and I hope that we don't wait till all the coaches are gone before we make this decision. 
Because, you know, we just are so slow at the starting line with this coaching thing and the drafting thing. We are slow. What happened to the Raiders? What happened to it? Well, what happened to Al Davis? Where Davis goes, the Raiders go. That's what I say, and that's what he is. He's low and slow, and that's what the management structure of the Raiders has become. Low and very slow. Ronald Curry could step in for Moss, which I think it probably be the best thing that could happen for this whole team. Watch Curry run. He is a gaming son of a gun. I hope he doesn't pull his hammy again. Oh, he had a an Achilles injury, which is very hard to come back from. He had two. I hope he plays. I hope he doesn't get injured. We need Ronald Curry in there to make it happen. And uh, Johnny Moran could get a shot in there, too. I don't give a shit about Moss. And it makes me sick to my ever-loving stomach that Art Shell continues to coddle that asshole. It just makes me freak out because it makes me think that we're going to keep that asshole. And I cannot believe that that's going to happen. Of course, Naomi Asumwa recorded two more interceptions in the game last week, which makes him tied with the lead in interception and a trip to the Pro Bowl. Deservedly so for that young man. He is a man of class and character, and he deserves to go to the bowl. And if he doesn't get to go, what better thing you know can you say about the fairness of the NFL? Oh, my gosh. St. Louis beat us last time uh, on October 13, 2002, 28-13. That's the deal that's happening. That's what's happening to the Oakland Raiders. They have issues as well as we do, okay? Uh, but they got some players. They got some gamers, and they're going to bring it. They are going to freaking Bring it on the Oakland Raiders. I could take you could take that shit to the bank today. Let's go to the Raider Nation podcast forum and dump the rest of this. Let's hope the Raiders beat the doggone lambs. In other words, let us silence the lambs. time we'll be at the tailgate with all the folks i'm bringing my daughter to this game we're gonna have some fun it's her game she won this game um because my kids each get to go it's her turn so we'll be whooping it up in the parking lot that's for damn sure so here we go to the first commenta raider rick my good brother raider rick the draft one other thing he's saying i'm calling for troy smith if he's not on the board for us he's a younger Aaron brooks with a better arm Hell yes. He's short, though. Al won't like him. We need an athletic guy that can sit in the pocket and make moves when he needs to. Brooks has proven with her own line. Um, Unless we plan on addressing the own line seriously, and I vote for Troy Smith. Um, What do you think, New York Tommy Raider? (laughs) That's what he says. And I say, Troy Smith ain't going to get a shot in doggone Oakland, A, because he's too short, B, because he's probably going to want 20 mil a year, uh, some ridiculous amount of money. And you know what? We got so many needs that we ain't going to dip into that pool. It's just too much gold for us to come out of pocket with. 
We don't have the cap room, which is a whole other issue, and we'll have to talk about that as we get closer to the draft. And, of course, this kind of sums up the whole, you know what, I'm going to call this podcast the bullshit podcast because Colorado Chris, my good brother out there in Colorado hostile territory, is coming up. Subject, simple, bullshit, I'm out. That's what he says. That was after the Bungles game, and it was perfect, perfect, perfect commentary on that fiasco. CNY Raider fan comes in with, should Shell get fired? I say, yes, he needs to be fired, let go uh, for his health. Whatever excuse they want to use, Shell must go. Shell's lost all the credibility in Oak Town. At the end of the year, should Shell get fired? Yes. Should he look for another coach outside the organization or promote Ryan? I think they should promote Ryan and find some young gun offensive coordinator. That's Raider Nation podcast take. And, of course, a dingo ate my baby comes in with, oh, yeah, one last thing. Moss is a biatch. You better believe it. I think so, too. And finally, the year that Raider Nation podcast began, 2005. Good evening, Raider fans, if that's what you can call it. This is the Raider Nation Podcast, and I'm your host, Raider Greg, with a disappointing loss to the Loser Jets, 26-10 to for the Jets, 10 points for the Raiders, and here we are. Uh, at this point of the season, do I need to say any more? Every Raider fan that saw the game could probably tell me more than I saw, even though I reflected on it several times throughout the game. Um screaming and yelling like the rest of the Raider Nation. I could hear the I could feel the ground shaking under me by the nation. Um the screaming, the disappointment was in the air and it was a tough loss. It was a tough loss cuz this is definitely a game that we should have been victorious at. But I'm going to get into that a little bit more later. Before then, I got some shouts out to Roby up in the Washington area. Thanks for the phone call, Roby. Appreciate it. All your comments are always welcome. And also on the comments page. And speaking of the comments page, let's get right to the comments page. Robert Moorhead from Japan. I want to remind you, Robert, why don't you get on that Frapper? And I remind everybody to get on the Frapper website. And uh, go ahead and put your name on there and Put your address. It won't give you anybody your exact address. It gives kind of a general area where you live, so you don't have to worry about someone knocking on your door or anything. It's a cool thing. It's nice to see. We got some, we got some uh, pins that are in Europe and UK. Got a couple over there. Got one in Guatemala. As soon as I get yours, Robert, it'll be one in Japan. It looks cool. It's cool for the Ritter Nation, and it's certainly cool for me to look at on the Ritter Nation podcast. And hopefully next season, it'll get us a, a press pass. Uh, to the games so you can get better coverage right here at the Raider Nation podcast, some interviews with current team players, and um, more access 
for you, the fan. Uh, that's what that's all about. So anyways, Robert Moorhead from Japan writes, <laughs> he's pretty funny, this just in. Norv Turner says the team made a few good plays, played hard, did some things well. He also saw pigs fly over the stadium and bought the Brooklyn Bridge from a guy in the parking lot. And on the on the way out of the on the way out to the bus, an old lady with a cane got past Barry Sims and sacked Tui for a ten yard loss. Turner said that Sims made a good move on her, but she just got past him. That's a great comment. I love it. <laughs> Keep them coming. We got some other ones here from Frank. Uh, his comments kind of sums up his uh, comment, which is pathetic. You guys can read that. It sums it up, man. What a game. Here's another one from Tommy. Tommy was at the game in New York. We're going to try to get a picture of Tommy up on the webpage because he suffered through the indignation. And it says in his his email to me, he got eight phone call messages before he got out of the parking lot there at the Jets, Jets Stadium. So Tommy, he took the heat for the Raider Nation. He said there about 25% of the stadium were Raiders, which is a good showing. I want to thank all you Raider fans out there for getting to the game, supporting the team. Um, but I don't know if this team deserved it that day. Uh, his comment just simply says the subject is ugly, and it certainly was. Uh, ugly performance by the Raiders. His comment also was he's glad he wasn't home because he probably would have destroyed his big string TV. Also, I got a shout out here to my special friend, Charger Ray, at the Boltcast. Because the Boltcast is always talking about going to the playoffs and we're on our way. And the last time I know you guys heard me calling him out because his brother Chris gave me a hard time. Well, I haven't heard nothing from either one of them because they got punked by the fish at home. Fond memories of the steel curtain at their own stadium. Thanks for the playoff smack, boys. I don't think so. You guys are going to play the Colts next week, and you're going down. End of subject. Thanks, Charger Ray, for all the entertainment. Don't forget now, I want you guys to click on that Frapper site. It's right there in the middle of my page, kind of on the right, underneath the link section. And put your address in there, man. I want to see you guys. You can put a picture in there. I want to see my Raider Nation. My picture's in there. Randy, my partner's picture's in there. Dave from England's. We got all kinds of people in there. Put your pe put your picture in there. Put your address in there. Like I said before, it's not going to show your exact address, so they can't come haunting you. And it's not going to give your name out to anybody. It's just a cool little thing that lets me know where my fans are, uh, the Raider Nation podcast fans which is kind of cool. One more thing. we got a Browns game coming up. And like I said before, it's all about the fans. It's all about the friends. It's all about the tailgate. And it's about the team. We'd like to see the team get victorious. But let's go there and check out our team. Let's root him on. Let's root Tui on because he's going to play some more. And on the last note of, the game, of this podcast, let me just tell you, I still think Tui's a good quarterback. He's a rookie quarterback. Any rookie quarterback gets pummeled. I mean, look at Eli Manning last season. He took all kinds of hits and heat, and this season he's taking the Giants to the playoffs, I think, at least making a run, which is pretty good for his second season. we got to give Tuiasa Sopa an opportunity to play, an opportunity to win. It's his only game. It's his first game he's played. 
for five years for crying out loud. We've got to give him a chance, and we've got to see what he can do. I only hope that Norv Turner can work some plays up to give this kid an opportunity to show what he's got. Because it's, it's a real sad thing to me if we let this kid go after this season and uh, he goes somewhere else to make something happen. But if that happens, well, good for him. Uh, we do need a quarterback for this team. I don't know if two is going to be the answer. That's yet to be seen. I hope that he plays well for the Brown, against the Browns. And I hope our whole team shows up against the Browns. I really hope that these guys were embarrassed and chumped and uh, not embarrassed to the point where they won't play with any spirit. I thought, I hope they get pissed off, just like the fans. And you know what, fans? I'm going to tell you right now. You let them know how you feel. If the team ain't doing good, like I've said before, we let them know. It's our responsibility to hold their, them accountable. If Turner's not holding them accountable, if nobody else is, Al Davis needs to hear the Raider Nation because Al will be up in his little box up there. He'll be listening for the, what's going on. And if he hears all them boos all day long, well, something's going to happen. And you know Turner, the way he looked yesterday, looked like he already got chewed out, looked like he might be out of a job this season. Let us hope he's out of a job because his performance is less than adequate. Okay, Raider fans, that's it for the Raider Nation podcast for this post-game show. Like I said, keep on smiling. you got to take the heat because you're standing in the kitchen. This is Raider Greg from the Raider Nation podcast. I am out. Well, that was epic. At least it was for me. Walk down memory lane. Man, some of the shows, I remember all of them. Um, they, they jolt my memory. I've laughed so hard, cried so hard, and uh, with all you guys that are listening to the show. And if you haven't listened from that far back, now you got a taste of what we've been going through for a long time. Randy's been doing a great job from the very beginning. We uh, appreciate the fans, all the callers. Uh, it's been a great run. And, uh, well, this is Show 500, man, on the longest-running professional sports podcast in history ever. Raider Nation Podcast. And with that, I say happy holidays, happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa, Merry Christmas, and you guys be safe out there. God bless every single one of you from Randy and I. You guys have great holidays. Be good humans. Don't drink and drive, and I am out.